Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. And welcome back to Linux and the Ham Shack. My name is Richard, KB5JBV. And uh, I would like to thank everybody for coming and joining in with us this time. I just want you to know if you're not listening to live feed, you're missing out. First of all, I'd like to say hello to everybody in live feed. Y'all get on the chat room so we know you're there. Send us an email, something. Let us know who you is, who you is. I'd like to say hello to everybody that's already in the chat room, and I'm not going to do one of them long lists like I used to do, but needless to say, there's people in the chat room. Most of them are the usual subjects, but suspects, but hey, that's fine. They like family after this long. We're coming up on 100 shows, y'all. Y'all keep years open. Now, with all of that, let me introduce... The technical wizard that makes this makes this uh, uh, enterprise uh, go down the road. I would like to introduce you to Russ K five T U X up in Arkansas. Uh, hello, Russ. How are you doing this evening? Hello, hello. I lost him. No, hello, hello. I'm here. Hello, everybody. Good evening. Good day. Good mushroom to you, wherever and whomever you should be. This is Russ K5TUX coming to you live to some sort of digital media from between the peaks in the pine forest in North Central Arkansas. Kicking off with Richard, episode number 93 of Linux in the Hamshack. They just keep getting higher and higher in number. It's amazing. It seems like, seems like it's not even two weeks in between these things anymore. So, uh, I know the weather has been beautiful up here, uh, in the mountains of North Central Arkansas. So how's it been down there in Texas where I'm assuming it's late enough in the year that you can no longer fry eggs on the sidewalk? It's been horrible down here. It has been horrible. The sun has been out every day. It's been in the 70s. There's been no cloud cover. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Of course, then again, I like it when it's 30 or 40 degrees outside and raining. That's my kind of weather. Well, you got a couple of months to go and you'll be there. Yeah, well, you know, for about three days in February, we have winter around here. I've, I've been trying to get, trying to get the governor to declare it a holiday, a special winter festival holiday kind of thing. And it's not happening. The rest of the time, we, we have two seasons here. We have summer and winter and winter's about three days long and the rest of the time it's summer. Sometimes it's not so much summer. It's never Suzanne Summers <laughs> ever, ever. 
and actually that's fine by me. Uh, however, from time to time, if you pay attention, it's, it is summer glow. So (laughs) (laughs) what about summer Sanders? Who? Never mind. She got chicken legs, don't she? (laughs) Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you'd call them that, but sure. Okay. So we have an action packed show tonight. If Richie disappears, y'all don't worry about it. He'll show, he'll show back up or Russ will post one ad. Anyway, so let's get started with this thing. See if we can't get on down the road. It looks like we got some announcements. What kind of announcements we got this time? And I know there ain't one about Texoma Hammerama. No, there isn't. Because if you're hearing it now, it's probably too late. But anyway, uh, I just have a couple of things. Did, did I not mention the thing about the Etherpad in the last episode? I thought uh, I did. You, did. you did, but go ahead and remind remind people. Oh, okay. No, actually, it was a couple episodes ago, and it wasn't working quite right. Oh yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of working okay now. And basically, if you are a subscriber to the show, you have access to the Etherpad. The direct URL for the Etherpad is lhs.epad.bcts.info, and I'm not going to do that phonetically. Bill will type it out in the show notes. That's what you said. Yeah. Or you can go to the website and click on the content link. And in that drop down menu, you'll get a link to the Etherpad. If you are a subscriber, you've already received your little welcome notification. So you know how to get access to it and all of that kind of thing. So I'm not going to go over that either. But if you would like in, you know, access to the Etherpad, you can become a subscriber. There's a link on the front page of the website. Go in there and give us a couple of bucks a month or 20 bucks a year, and you can uh, contribute directly to the show uh, and also find out what exactly we're going to talk about before anyone else. Uh, maybe. Maybe, right. Um, we're, we're pretty good about it. I think that's Russ all is, I had on Russ the Etherpad. is really good about it. Richard ain't worth a damn. Oh, I, I see several comments in there from you today. So This time. Yeah. And what was the other thing? Oh, it's a little bit flaky sometimes. Like it'll say there was a server error, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you get that, just do a refresh in your browser and all will be well. That's it. That's all there is. No, just either pad. Okay. Th- thank you for joining us this evening, everybody. And oh, you was talking about that one. What one? That, that one there. I don't know what you're doing, but okay. I don't know. Tell us about the BSM Twitter feed. Oh, yes. I decided to add a Twitter ID for the Black Sparrow Media Network uh, over on Twitter to be redundant. It's BSM underscore network. Bravo Sierra Mike underscore network. And I plan on posting information about the shows that are on the BSM network there. And it will also be accessible to those who are members of the BSM network to post information as well. So anyway, so you, no, so, no, no. so see, there you go, folks. This is a perfect time for a shameless plug for the Black Sparrow Media Network. If you have a show that you think you might want to put on, on the Black Sparrow Media Network, get in contact with us. It doesn't cost a dime. Uh, we just ask you to like put a little stinger on the front and point, point, uh, give us a, a way to, to snag up those episodes and we can get your show on there. And then it can be like one stop shopping. Now where Linux is concerned, I know there's a lot of folks out there that want to, uh, get folks to listen to as much Linux as they can possibly can. So they can get way, get away from the evil empires, the, uh, the, uh, uh, 
dictatorship over in Washington and the uh, um, the socialist over at the other place. Anyway, so y'all go over and check it out. If you have any questions, send Russ or myself an email uh, here at the podcast, lhspodcast.info. And uh, we'll 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 see what we can do. Is there anything you need to tell them about? Oh, the Twitter feed. Make sure you go over there and check out the Twitter feed. I'm sorry, I've been battling Twitter today, and um, uh, all that good stuff. So, is there anything else you you need to tell them about that one, Russ? No, sir. That is it. I did good, didn't I? Yes, you did. You were awesome. I'm, I'm, no, I may not be awesome, but I'm above average. You are astute. He just called me a name. That's right. Again. I did. All right, let's, I thought I said LHS. You, you did. Let's do your thing. Oh, well, it's kind of like this. A couple of days ago, and I, I had scrolled back to get the link, and I'm, I'm sorry uh, to the person who posted it on Facebook because I was going to hang on to the name so I could say who it was that posted it, and I, I lost it. But that's okay. On top of everything, this is going to be a Richard Gripe night because... They finally done it. And let me qualify this first. Linux in the ham shack, because this may sound a little hypocritical. Uh, Linux in the ham shack is two guys trying to keep a podcast going and asking for help out for out of pocket. Uh, Ubuntu, on the other hand, is a large, uh, large company that receives, uh, funding from other large companies and stuff like that. So here we go. Um, Article was posted by somebody I'm friends with on Facebook over at uh, arstechnica.com. It appears that Ubuntu, on top of everything else, has added a nag screen to their download page. And I had it up here. I had the article up here. Where is it? What do you do with it, Russ? That is. Um, they've added a nag screen. When you go to download a copy of Ubuntu to, uh, hit you up for donations. Now, once again, we do that, but the situation I feel is different. Uh, if y'all feel that that's not correct, please send me an email. This is my thing. Russ didn't have nothing to do with it. Bill didn't have nothing to do with it. It's all me. So send hate mail to how many, how many badgers do I give dot com. How many badgers do I give dot com? So they've added an ag screen when you go to download and you don't have to donate. It's not a have to kind of thing, but they want you to donate in the neighborhood of $16, $16. Now they'd prefer that you donated 20 nice round number and that kind of stuff. But you take the, and it wouldn't be such a big deal in my mind if it was just this. Because everybody needs a little help. But one of the reasons I moved away from them and uh, we've moved to the other one is they went and uh, I decided I was going to try and tough it out and use a Unity uh, cell phone interface they got going on now. So they're playing to the cell phones and the tablets. The last time I looked in their repos, they've got stuff in there that it actually costs you money to download. Uh, like, a, like the app store at, well, I got an Android phone. You go over to Android app store, there's stuff in there you have to pay for if you want it and that kind of stuff. Now they're adding a nag screen and it, I can see this thing going the way, uh, I don't know, red hat, maybe 
The only thing is at this point, there's, I think they're still, uh, releasing it under GPL and, uh, most of the stuff they're pulling in GPL. So we may not have to worry about them locking it down just yet. However, if they decide to switch over to BSD, it's a different ball game. So, uh, what do you, I know you've had time to read the article. Maybe what do you think about this, Russ? Well, as my comment in the, uh, etherpad says, I just kind of figured this is where they were going. And it's, it's not really that surprising because there are a lot of companies who do this kind of thing. They get you hooked on their crack and then you have to go back because, you know, what else are you going to do when they start charging you for it? It really doesn't surprise me. It, to me, it's not that big of a deal. If you, if you've been drinking the Ubuntu Kool-Aid that you probably need to, uh, be okay with that decision and be okay with the direction they're going. And I made the decision uh, several months ago, if not more than a year ago, to stop using Ubuntu because I kind of saw their direction. So it bothers me not at all. Well, you know, that's the deal. I've been a new uh, Ubuntu fan since Dapper Drake. I've been on board since Dapper Drake. And, I, I, you know, I like the fact that the, their artwork was really nice and their desktop looked really good. And it was easy to install, work with, except for it killing machines every once in a while and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I gave Unity a shot and couldn't do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of preaching to the choir because a lot of guys, a lot of the guys that are with us have been using Linux for uh, some time. So they're using Slackware, Debian or. You know, one of the others and the uh, masochists among us are using Arch Linux. And, but we also have new guys that we're trying to steer over to Linux and we want them to have a good experience. And this kind of thing, uh, uh, uh-uh, that's one of the reasons we started pushing Linux Mint with its obvious issues. It's still, uh, better than going over with Ubuntu. Uh, they missed their shot when, uh, Dell was putting them on machines and they weren't being loud about it and everything else. But it just, it kind of irritates me to see it go this way because there was a, a ham radio distro that came out a couple years back that, uh, we had talked about some until that guy started locked down the ability to download, get into the area to download the distro without putting some money into his website. So, uh, I'd be interested in hearing what some of you guys uh, think about this. One of them things that just irritates me some. And Bill makes a good point in the chat room. For better or worse, I don't see I don't see them mind seeing them taking donations. You can't expect Mark Shuttleworth to finance them out of pocket forever. Well, he's not the only one financing them. He he would like to see them move to Red Hat. Interestingly enough, uh, there's no nag screen on when you download the server edition. I find that interesting. Mm, I do as well. Well, that's mostly because they've been charging for support anyway forever. It's just the guys that get the desktop edition, they uh, <laughs> they kind of self-supporting or go to the community when they got a question. But, you know, it's all fine and good. But that's one of those things where we're not going to be able to uh, to uh, recommend Ubuntu to people simply because it's getting further and further that way. You know, it's like I said, they ever switch over to BSD, game over. All right, so uh, with that, let's move on to the next thing. 
that was pretty rambling, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, I wouldn't expect any less. So what's this thing uh, about Shackbox? I'm curious why you think it's uh, in the toilet. Well, I was go- I was going around looking for some stuff to for the show, and I got to thinking about uh, Rich over there and his distro and Harv, who's been out of business for some time. And I got to thinking, and I went ahead and punched uh, the right combination of stuff into the search engine that it brought Shackbox up first. So I went over and I got to looking around. And on the website, it appears that there hasn't been a whole lot of activity since 2009. Now, I didn't want to download a copy of the distro so that I could... uh, just so I could see what the file, what the date was on the file. But looking around the website over there, it looks like there really hasn't been any activity. Last, uh, addition that I could find on there was that, uh, what was it? Shack box carbon that he put out shortly after we had our little tiff, even though there were some good utilities and stuff on there. And it appears that you can go ahead and get on in there and download it at this time. But it really doesn't look like anything's been done to it since 2009. It doesn't look like anybody has made any comments in the forums since 2009. I think it's just a rest in project. I mean, there's still a website up. He's still keeping the uh, old URL and everything. But it's kind of a mystery. Uh, kind of wondering what old Herb is doing over there. Have you had an opportunity to check it out? I have not. I checked it out when you mentioned it in the Eatpad. I went over there and looked at the site, but it looks pretty much the same as it's looked to me for the past, you know, several times that I've gone and looked at it. So, yeah, it's probably a stagnant project, but, you know, there are lots of projects out there on the web that have been dead or not necessarily dead, but stagnant since, you know, 2002, 2004. But, you know, the software still works just because it hasn't been updated in a while. Not that big a deal. The, this is true. And, um, there are other distros that seem to be more up to date than, uh, than this one is. And we don't talk about it because as soon as he got it up and going and usable, he started charging people to get at it and we had it out. And that's one of the reasons we quit recommending it. But, uh, you can go over and take a look at it if you like. It's over there at shackbox.net. It did have a couple of useful tools in it, but uh, I'm sure it's stuff you get with other distros. So with that. Let's see what else we got. Since we're on the subject of amateur radio distros, and we need to get Rich back on here uh, from uh, low SWR because he's working on one, and um, I didn't get a chance to take a look at that, but we did mention sometime back KB1OIQ, Andy's Ham Radio Linux CD, and I thought we'd go back and talk about that just a, just a minute. I went over to kind of check up on the progress of uh, – of Andy's deal over there, and it turns out that he's made it to version 11, and it came out, uh, well, some places it says it came out, okay, it came out in June of this year, version 11, so he's cooking along, and uh, it's up to date as far as Ubuntu 11.10, so it's only about six months behind as far as being uh, up to date with Ubuntu. Uh, he's added some newer stuff like chirp, uh, chirp zero, 0.2.2, uh, CQR log 1.4.1, 1. 
looks like he updated all the FL Digi stuff that was in there, PSK mail, and um, even added a mail client to help with the uh, the PSK mail and the uh, NBMS stuff that's in Andy's uh, Ham Radio Linux CD. Uh, I just wanted to revisit this for a few minutes and remind everybody it's out there. Y'all go take a look at it. Uh, it's currently on SourceForge. And let me find the right URL to get you get you there, because the one I'm looking at at the moment is extremely long. Well, shoot, go check the show notes, and it, both of them will be in the show notes. Go on over and check it out. Last time I, I looked at it, it was pretty top-notch, pretty top-notch. So y'all go check it out. Like I said, we need to get, uh, <laughs> need to get Rich over here and uh, talk some more about his project. Oh, I was thinking you were saying we needed to get rich over here and, and i'm all for getting rich but you, well, you're talking no, about no rich from low swr and in fact we need to congratulate him and his son they upgraded extra well yeah, i know that brady rich. had upgraded quite a while ago and i guess uh <laughs> well rich, they're both upgraded now uh rich is upgraded too okay one of these days now, i'm going to take the test huh one of these days i'm going to take the test well i have the book here yeah and I've almost got all the answers highlighted. <laughs> First time in my life I've ever decided to take the test this way. Every other time I learned it all. But I got to looking in that book and I already took the test on half of it. And I already knew the other half because I had studied for the extra before. Well, when we had five licenses, six licenses, however many it was. So. All right. So with that, I guess we should uh, probably go ahead and play some music. Oh, we're already up to music. Well, how about that? Yes, we should probably do that some. You, you don't want to talk about the one you commented out? No, I kind of changed my mind. I dug a little deeper. Okay. Well, you can tell me about that one after the show or something, because I'm curious. Well, it just has to do uh, with a list of the most, what the, let me Right here. Most influential amateur radio operators. Oh, well, let me guess. You're not on it. Neither are you. Well, I didn't figure I was. Uh, Chris, uh, old Chris, Chris Matthews at number six. N7ICE, huh? Looks like we're talking about it anyway. In his mirrors at 17. KD0BIK is at 19. Oh, I see. Have you, have you discussed this with, uh, Mr. Hodson? Hodsden? No, I just figured I'd call him a crackhead. Oh, and I see. If he pays attention to our show, then anyway, we, we, y'all don't worry about it. Well, I'm, we'll I'm guessing since we're not on the list, he doesn't pay attention to the show. So we can call him a crackhead if we want to. That's right. So I can say crackhead when I, the thing I put down in the etherpad, Russ won't let me say. Well, no, don't say it because you know what's going to happen and I'm just going to get irritated with you. Badger. Uh, well, see, at least I can cut that one out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it apropos of nothing, like if I give you two seconds in front and two seconds behind and you just say it, then you, you're good with that. I can just cut it out. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad I had all that dental, dental work. I used to click either side of something. I figured you're going to have cut out. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Play the music. Play the music. All right. Well, this one is another track from Dan Lynch's band. And if you don't know who Dan Lynch is, he's part of the Fabian Scherzel and Dan Lynch duo who host the Linux Outlaws. 
and Dan has had a band called 20 Pound Sounds for a while. This is a track that, well, I just told you who Dan was. I'm sorry. I dozed off. Oh, that's okay. Just mute your mic while the music's playing. This is a short song, by the way, so don't go too far. My mic is self-muting. Oh, okay. Uh, This one's only about two minutes, but it sounds really, really good. It's off their El Bublino EP, which you can go to 20lb.net and uh, purchase for whatever you'd like to pay for it. It's a four-song EP, and I recommend that everybody go over there and do it. Uh, This one is the title track called El Bublino, and uh, it's really good. And here it is. What is it with these independent music people? Do they not know what a fade is? All right. Well, he may be El Bubbolino. They call me Methanios, the god of ill wind. And you are listening to Linux in the Ham Shack. So, all righty. We're back. We got fresh people in the chat room. Well, some. And see, that's what y'all are missing by not checking out the Etherpad, because then you can see what I call that Jeff guy. Because Russ won't let me say it. As I said, as long as you say it apropos of nothing and I can cut it out, you're welcome to say it. Crackhead. <laughs> Crackhead. And keep up the good work, Dan. I had to say that because I know Fab is listening. Well, he may not listen. Fab, no, Fab's he, a busy guy. He downloads guy. it after the fact because it's crap. <laughs> oh, you want me to do that, do you? It's crap. Yeah, that one. Yes, it is crap. Okay, well, it looks like we've got to get Scott on the line. So let me go ahead and see if I can do that without totally blowing something up. Methanios. Yeah, you haven't mentioned Methanios since, like, episode six. So it's about time he showed back up. Yeah, you should have smelt the pit at the oil change place. It was bad. (laughs) All right, let's see if we can get Scott on the line here. 
what happens when you eat Sonic every day for lunch. Okay. Well, I, hello. I believe we have a Scott. Uh, you do. All right. Excellent. And you actually sound pretty good. So welcome. Sound like cra- it sounds like his crap works. Yes. It's, crap. <laughs> yeah, my, it's very rare when my crap actually does work. So this is a first. Excellent. You should, you should try a stool softener. <laughs> God. All right. Now, one of my conditions for doing this is that I get badgered at some point. You get badgered at some point in what way? I mean, in, in what way would you like to be badgered? Oh, you just got to badger over me at some point. That's all. Um, okay. Should be pretty simple. Well, give us give us a safe word, and I'll badger it. Badger, uh, badger, badger, badger. Daughter, badger, daughter. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. She's a, she. Yeah, that 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 is a uh, four letter word these days. <laughs> All right. Well, for everybody who's listening to the show and has no idea who the hell we're talking to, uh, this is Scott, uh, November eight, Victor Sierra, India, and eight BSI, who was our ambassador at. The Ohio Linux Fest, uh, which was about, uh, what, two and a half weeks ago now. Yep. And, and uh, so, uh, as is the way we do things around here on Linux in the Ham Shack, we have our ambassadors online and on our show to talk about what they did while they were taking our place at an event we couldn't be at. So, I heard some interesting things about OLF. And uh, I'm curious to get your take on them. But first, uh, give me your overall impression of what you saw while you were there on uh, Saturday, September, whatever it was, 28th? I believe it was the 28th. Um, so, yeah, sh- uh, showed up at, uh, at OLF, got myself all set up. They had us right out in the main hallway of the convention center, so kind of away from a lot of the other uh, exhibitioners for OLF. Um, the interesting thing was that they had... At the same time, just a f- bit farther down the convention hall, they had uh, Wizard Comic Con going on. So not only did I have a great place to watch, uh, you know, all the people for OLF, but I got to see all of the people who were in costume and and uh, doing cosplay for the Comic Con. Wow, he had a place for Linux and a place to go whiz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, they were whizzing all over the place. Oh, nice. Now but let I me think, ask you I think this. That's a different podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Now, were, were you stuck out in the main hallway uh, because Rob didn't have a place for you, and I was too late to get you into a decent spot, or was he pissed off or something? No, no, no. This was definitely. I was out there with a couple of other vendors. I think it was just that they overflowed their kind of uh, kind of niche that they were set up in in the convention hall. Uh, they were, it overflowed their space, and so we kind of got stuck out in the hallway. The the plus side of that was literally uh, everyone had to walk by us at, at some point or or another, and uh, we got a lot of traffic because of that. So I, you know it was a very good location to be. Um, got a lot of folks talking about Linux and the Ham Shack. Uh, some people I think were attracted by the Raspberry Pi that I had set up and running, and and stayed for the Linux and the Ham Shack. So that that was good too. It was the whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah the whipped cream and the whizzing um so what exactly did you demo while you were out there so let's see i had a demo of um exaster running um and i had that running on the uh on the wi-fi there just using the internet gateway did not have any actual radios up and run uh was showing um uh, fl digi of course uh was showing 
Oh, let's see. What else did I have up and running there? Um, uh, YFK test. I had, I had that running. I was trying to get that up and running actually on the uh, Raspberry Pi and did not succeed at doing that. Um, what else did I have running? I, I, just a bunch of, bunch of ham radio applications had two computers running and then the, uh, the Raspberry Pi at some point. Okay. So since the Raspberry Pi only has an HDMI output, what exactly were you showing it on? I was showing it on one of my monitors that I brought in from home. So I actually had it hooked up to a uh, 23-inch um, AOC monitor. Okay, was it HDMI or did you have a converter to something else like DVI? I had an HDMI to DVI converter. Okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so let me ask you this. Um, well, let me let me give you a couple of the things I've heard about OLF. The first thing that I heard about OLF, uh, talking to the people in IRC and the people that I generally chat with who go to OLF said they didn't necessarily remember that any that anyone from Linux in the Hamshack was there. So do you know if anyone uh, that I might recognize from a podcast or that you might recognize from a, from another podcast, open source, ham radio or otherwise, happened to stop by and chat with you? Mm, I didn't have any notes on anybody. I did have people who are ham radio operators sign a log, which I don't have with me right now. Um, it's still out in the car, believe it or not. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> and, uh, but no, I, I don't re- recognize anyone offhand, but again, we were kind of away from the main hall as it were. So they may not have seen us. And also the, uh, the banner didn't show up until two days after the event. So, you know, um, I, what I did was I printed out at my work a a ban, you know banner on a kind of a um, banner type paper behind me, but it was still too small to be seen real real easily. But we did at least have something up on the wall that said Linux and the Ham Shack behind us. Okay, well that's good, and that's entirely my fault that you didn't get a booth set up because I was planning to send you one, and I completely forgot it. And then I talked to the previous ambassador who had another booth set up, and I asked him to send it to you, and I guess he did. It just didn't get there in time. So Yeah, it, it arrived on Tuesday. Right. I'm more interested in, uh, did you not notice the stumbling drunk guy? The stumbling drunk? No, you, I didn't see. I didn't know that you were coming, Richard. No, it would have been Chad. Chad. Chad Wallenberg. <laughs> I don't know that Chad uh, even bothers to you know, identify with podcasters anymore. I probably shouldn't say things like that because Claudio listens to the show. Yes, he does. He's, he's a very good listener. Claudio is one of our good, you know, listeners, although I notice he's not in the chat room right now, so he must be spending time with his girlfriend or something. Well, you know what? I, if if I see him, I'd prefer to spend time with her instead of us. Well, that's very true. Okay. So, um, how many times have you been to OLF Scott? Not counting this one. Uh, zero. Oh, so this is your first one. Okay, this well, my, my first OLF. Right. Well, my question was going to be, have you noticed a decline in OLF? But you can't really speak to that because this is the first one you've been to. So, unfortunately. <laughs> I noticed a very large increase. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an exponential increase from zero to now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's not really going to get us anywhere. I'll have to talk to some other folks about that. So, let's talk about you and what you did there in the sense of, like, what was your favorite part about being there, and uh, you know, what if anything did you get out of it? Well, you know, I I didn't all that much to be honest. Number one, I had a large amount of of equipment sitting there, but number two, 
Um, really, my job, as I saw it, was to be promoting you, not to be walking around the the uh, the venue. So I, I really kind of just stayed put for the for the event. I couldn't stay for any of the after parties, unfortunately, because I had to get home. Um, you know, if if the XYL ain't happy, nobody's happy. So uh, what what are you going to do about that? But um, I really, you know. I enjoy talking to – we had a lot of people come up and ask about, you know, Linux and ham radio and a lot of ham radio operators came up and, and uh, you know, I gave out the um, uh, the information. I uh, did, didn't have any swag to give out unfortunately but I did, uh, you know, take their information and, and I have emailed a couple of them back. Um, but not much, you know, in the way of walking around or anything like that but – uh, let's see. We were talking to one of the very early in the day. I was talking to one ham radio operator who was uh, trying to get a a logging program, kind of a field day logging program that would run as a Java servlet. So it would run on any uh, Java uh, uh, Java web server. So I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Um, you know, so we sat and talked about that for quite a bit, and and uh, about you know how he was designing it and and things like that. I also had at at, at a few points. Um, one of your old, you know, MP3 podcasts from one of the recent shows had that running uh, just as kind of some background noise. Not that it could really be heard all that much in that in that big hall. I didn't have any speakers, but um, but did have have that running, and, and some people were sitting there listening and uh, commenting about y'all's dulcet tones. <laughs> uh, those would be Richard's dulcet tones. I I'm... you're cussing my. They talking about the way I talk again. <laughs> Yes, but it was complimentary. Oh, I tried to compliment him earlier, and he told him I was calling him names. So that's was just the way things go around here. Was it girls? Yeah. Girls at a tech uh, conference? Are you kidding me? Well, well you no, know, I, I was sitting here thinking to myself, you know, he was saying if the, if the wife ain't happy, and I understand that because I've been manacled myself for 15 years. However, I do understand that one thing. If I had the choice between a bunch of guys hanging out at a computer thing and right down the hall, there were a bunch of women dressed up like Wonder Woman and Xena, uh, I would develop an excuse. <laughs> you know, I thought about that, but I, I, I was true to my, uh, to my ambassador's oath and I stuck with the booth. The best thing about a comic book convention is all the women wear masks. Unlike a ham fest where they don't wear a mask and it's pretty damn scary. <laughs> you, you know, and, and the amazing thing was a lot of the costumes, I, I've never really been to a comic convention either, and the costumes were actually very well done. Yeah, I've noticed that the people who do cosplay uh, actually spend a, an awful lot of time putting together their costumes. They really do spend some time. They really do get into it to the point of uh, almost perfection when it comes to uh, dealing with their personas when they go to these conferences. And, and the steampunk, the, the amount of detail put into a couple of the steampunk costumes were just amazing. Okay. I don't know. All it, all it would take is the right gay I go by in a Klingon outfit, and I'd be done. <laughs> done. Only saw one female Klingon warrior, and uh, you know, a, a quick kaplach and and away she went. So I got, you know, you know, I got a thing for naughty headed women. Naughty headed women, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's funny that you actually you signed our little ambassador's oath pledge, and then you actually stuck to it. Um, if were it me, I'd just go out drinking, smoking, uh, whatever. <laughs> and, and hanging out with Chad Wallenberg. Uh, exactly. Oh, That's I right. did it again. No. 
<laughs> it, well, at least it's you. You can you can speak his name as many times as you want because when the guns come out and you know when somebody knocks on the on their front door uh, with loaded weapons, it's not going to be mine. Well, you know, it it be, actually I'd prefer to hang out with Chad. Can you imagine hanging out with Dave Yates? You're sitting there, you're eating dinner. He's sitting over there shaking his head, and you ask him what's going on. He says, I know what's in that. Yeah, well, Dave Yates is actually pretty cool to hang out with, too, just like Chad is. I would think so. Dave's actually a little bit more coherent than than Chad is, typically speaking, at at your average conference. He only drinks half as much. Dave? Yeah, I'm not sure that he even touches the stuff, but we should probably not be talking about other people. We should probably oh, be no, talking no. with our we ambassador. We love Dave. We love we love you too, Chad. Claudio, <laughs> tell Chad we love him and we miss him. Yes, we do love him. We do miss him. And whenever they decide to start doing Linux Basement again, I will be the first person downloading their feed. So since we actually have Scott on the line, we should probably be talking to him. We should talk to him about Claudio and Chad and Dave Yates. Yeah none of whom were actually at OLF. So that's going to be pretty hard for him to do. We can talk about the, uh, we can talk about the guys that go in Linux, Larry and uh, the other guy, Um, Bill, no Larry and Tom, Tom. Well, and Bill too. Bill is the uh, executive minion. Now remember he's the ham radio operator kind of upsets me because Larry used to ask me ham radio questions. Yeah, and you know what? Even though he's a ham radio operator and they, we know they listen to the show. We know at least Larry does. I don't know about Tom and Bill, but we never get mentioned. You know, mention us. Damn it. He stole our badger. That's right. He stole, well, he stole me saying badger as a matter of fact. You know what? We're still not talking to Scott. Uh, so Scott, let me see. What other questions can I ask? Don't worry about me. I'm married. I'm used to not being talked to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, let's see. Well, we found out that OLF was fantastic and exponential increase in attendance from the last time you were there, which was never, um, your booth was a complete fiasco because you didn't actually get anything from me or the previous ambassador. Uh, you actually spent your entire time there rather than doing what you should have done, which is get out and enjoy yourself. You didn't uh, score any Orion slave girls. That's right. You didn't score any, uh, Klingon or, um, Orion slave girls. Um, no, no, no. Borg not, not slave girls. W- not that I'm willing to talk about on a national broadcast. Oh, or blue, 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 blue. You don't get blue. No Tashi R's, no seven of nines, no nothing like that. God's perfect food. At least not until I got home. There were, there were, there were a couple of cold ones after I got home. Uh, excellent. I would have Eight. had several cold ones, uh, while I was there. Eight Let me see. <clears throat> I, I, you know what? Actually, thinking back on the on the ambassador pledge, and by the way, I do recommend to anyone who's thinking about doing this, do it. It is it is a blast talking with with these guys. You know, the folks who do know about the podcast come in and say, "Oh, where's Russ this year? We miss him." And and uh, you know, they have they have uh, similar things, although not so nice to say about Richard. I'm and just we know kidding. where the hell Richard is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it really is a great experience, um, you know, just getting out there to, to see some of these guys. Uh, next year, I, hopefully, if you uh, have me back, and hopefully you will, um, I'd be happy to, to do it. And uh, maybe I'll even step away and, and meet some of the other exhibitors and, uh, and see what else is going on in, in, the, uh, in the arena, since apparently I can. And remember, your, your, um, your ambassador pledge that does not say that you cannot imbibe. It just says you can't imbibe to the detriment of your duties. 
That's exactly right. And because I would never expect anyone to go to a conference and not at least have a few drinks. Uh, I just would be, you know, I just prefer that if you have a few drinks and come back to the booth, that when someone comes up to you and asks you a question, you can actually speak English. And uh, don't belch at them. Well, yeah, them. and that too. Um, and speaking of speaking of people coming up and asking you questions, are there any questions that you like took note of that you can recall that anyone might have asked that uh, we should respond to that you might be able to think of? Not that I can think of. Uh, you know, most of the questions were where to find the the podcast and and what do you talk about, and I could answer those pretty pretty well. Although you know, I'd forgotten um, one of the things that that I was surprised I was playing back those MP3s, and normally when I listen to the podcast. I have to admit, I listened to it at 1.3 speed on a pod on a podcast player. So I'll tell you what, it goes a lot slower when you when you listen to it at real speed. <laughs> yes, I listen to all podcasts at 2x speed. So when I have to listen to them at normal speed, everybody's like, you know, I sit there like waving my hands, like, yo, let's go, let's go. Um, but what are you going to do? And actually, um, that's that's yeah, how a lot of our need Ritalin. No, you don't need Ritalin. Human no, we, can, we pay attention just fine. That's right. Human speech is just too damn slow. That's all there is to it. All right, Richard, why don't you ask Scott some questions? I've been hogging this conversation. No, I've been hogging it. You've been trying to ask questions around me. <laughs> yes, I've been, I've been trying to be like the professional podcaster stroke I've been, I've interviewer. I've been trying and, to find out about the Orion Slave Girls. There I are no Orion, Orion Slave, Slave Girls. Girls. I did see a couple of Twi'leks, though. If you if you get to go next time, you need to send me a redheaded yeah Federation ship's doctor, redheaded. One more redheaded ship's doctor. You got it. Okay, I'll, one Beverly Crusher. Okay, you got it. You actually have the hots for Beverly Crusher. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh hell yes. Oh no, that's a real woman. <clears throat> Unlike the one that kept dre- dressing in the tight suit that uh, on the same ship. That that one wasn't working. Badger. Oh, uh, I, 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 you know what? I don't think I kick at either of them out of bed for uh, for eating crackers. I don't know. That that's a sound bite that's going to come up later. You're going to be sorry you said that. Yes. Oh, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, we'll, well, be, you. We'll, we'll be going to Ohio Linux Fest, and we'll talk you into bringing your wife with you. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's okay. She knows. She knows me. No, but you know, it, it really was a great experience, and and I I honestly. I was amazed at how fast the day went. I, there really were not many times at which there weren't people at the booth or talking to me or, you know, um, a couple of people came back two or three times because they realized that there were other people wanting to talk to me. And, and, uh, and, and so they stepped away, you know, talk with a few people about uh, MCOM type stuff. And I talked about kind of the FL Digi and some of the MCOM stuff around that. Um, you know, some of the stuff that I, that I knew about, um, uh, felt hell and things like that. I was kind of showing off as well. Just anything anyone wanted to talk about about ham radio that I could demo or do something with on Linux there, I was happy to talk to them about. So it was, it was a great day and it went by so quick. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I feel the same way when I go to conferences. I especially like the Dayton Hamvention because even though it's three days long, it feels like it just goes by in a blur. Um, there's so many people who come by the booth. There's so many people who have so many different perspectives on all of the different topics around computing and amateur radio that you never even really seem to take a break. I mean, I'm usually, it's usually about three o'clock in the afternoon when I first take a breath and realize I haven't had lunch yet. 
And uh, I love doing these conferences for that fact. I mean, it just seems like it generates so much interest. It's so much fun to talk to all these people. You know, ambassadors oath aside, you, you don't even really have to follow it because it just sort of self-generates. The, the interest comes to you. You start talking. You don't stop until 5 o'clock. The 5 o'clock gong goes off. And then you wonder, like, why you can't do this all the time. And that's just the way I feel about it. That's because yeah. Russ is an attention hour. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what I would I would put in for Dayton as well, being local and and helping you out, except for the fact that I have two other places that I help out around here at Dayton. So uh, I really can't can't add a third one and do any shopping at all. Yeah, and Dayton is just so huge that if you want to if you want to spend any time for yourself there, you you pretty much have to spend all your time for yourself, or you you kind of screw yourself out of any of everything. It's a self-limiting thing for me. I, if I'm working a booth, I can't spend money. So there, there is a positive side there. Well, there's, there is that, but I've, I've found a way to both man a booth and spend money. So I'm good. You're better, better man than I. Well, I, I bring my girlfriend along so she can man the booth while I go spend money. I didn't yeah, think she Cheryl, made Cheryl doesn't even have a license and she doesn't like Linux, but she ends up running the booth. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. She's, well, I just want to so thank you guys for for letting me go and represent you, and I hope I did okay doing that. Well, I'm sure you did. We don't know for sure, but honestly, I didn't hear any complaints, so I'm guessing you did as good a job as could have been done. And I have to say that we really appreciate you going out there for us and uh, being our stand-in while we couldn't go there. I would have loved to have uh, shown up at OLF, and actually for a brief period I was thinking about making a surprise trip up there but i i wound up not being able to who knows what will happen next year but one way or the other we'll have a presence and if it's not me and if it's not richard uh it will probably be you so uh thanks right. again okay. for doing it and uh it, it was uh you know really happy to have people step in and it's really nice to hear that you you enjoyed it so i hope other people will you know step in at other events too so is there anything else you'd like to say uh, on OLF or the ambassador program or us or, you know, just uh, put out some general ridicule? Um, you know, it's open forum. Yeah, it's open forum. Well, just if, if anyone's up in the Cincinnati area, I can, I'd love to give a shout out for my club real quick. We are actually located at the old Bethany Relay Station, the Voice of America here up in the northern Cincinnati area. And uh, if anyone is interested in taking a tour up here, uh, they can contact me, N8VSI. Um, if you look me up on QRZ, you can find me, and I'd be happy to arrange something if I at all can. Um, it's a great location, full of history, and uh, we've got a pretty neat shack downstairs too. It's it's under construction right now, but we'll have something going pretty decent in the next in the next few months. So uh, that's kind of all I wanted to, to shout out for. And and once again, thank you guys, appreciate it, and love the podcast. I listen to you as often as I can, which is not live, uh, unfortunately, most most weeks, but uh, definitely in the car as I travel f uh, from place to place for my job. So I appreciate it. All right. Well, it's uh, very nice to talk to you, Scott, and thanks again for being an ambassador. Uh, Richard, do you have anything else to say before we let Scott go and visit with his wife and family and sort of spend his evening doing something more interesting than this? Well, I think he should probably go do that because we get pretty boring around here. <laughs> yeah, and that's very true. And there you have it. So, all right, Scott. Well, thank you for going on out there for us. Next time. Snag us some alien. Yeah, I can't say that word. Don't say Snag us. Snag us some alien women. 
Snag, snag well, Richard I, some I, I alien women. I didn't get women. alien women, but I got a couple of Ubuntu CDs for, just for you, Richard. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he's taunting you. If I had my choice, I'd be running Debbie, and I just ain't got the time to fool around with getting it the way I need it. I just switched. I just switched off a minute. All right, guys, take care. I'll, I'll let you go. Seven threes. All right, take care, Scott. Mm-hmm. Thanks Have very good much. Evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, Scott and AVSI, our ambassador to Ohio Linux Fest 2012. Uh, thanks once again. It was a great interview, um, and it sounds like things went well. So uh, I think segment two's done. We need a little music, and then we're going to touch on some feedback. How's that sound? We should probably do that. We should probably do that. Okay. This song is actually a little over five minutes long, so there you can go. actually go get a smoke or something. Uh, not in five minutes. You know, if you did it fast, you could. Played it two speed or three speed. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I found this one on Jamendo today. It's by a group called MMO, and this is called Kitch Me If You Can. I uh, really enjoyed listening to this the first time around, and hopefully you all enjoy listening to it this time around. We'll see you all in about five minutes.
and keep on laughing at the irony and predictable cliches. So with convenience and sincerity, come on, catch me if you can. Come on, catch me if you can. Are you okay with that one with the fade out? Well, finally, something with a fade. Yeah. This is Linux in the Ham Shack. Linux in the Ham Shack. No, oh, wait a minute. We missed Pirate Day, didn't we? Yeah, that was back on September 19th. I did talk like a pirate on that day, though. I've actually, while that was playing, I thought about something. I found a really cool guitar amplifier program that runs under Linux, and I, I went to see could I find it. Oh, well. We need to talk about it sometime if I can find it again. Okay. Really cool. You could like set up your own combinations, stack and effects and all this good. Badger. Cool. I said it again, didn't I? Yeah, that's okay. You'll be dead by the morning. That may be more true than you think. So we're back for feedback, feedback, feedback. Actually, we're going to get back on the feedback track because feedback, we have been like remiss. Uh, let's do some feedback. I, I see we got a couple of audio feedbacks and some written feedbacks and, uh, shameless plug down at the bottom and all that good stuff. So, uh, what we got first? Well, we really need to do this audio feedback we got on high speed multimedia because it's been languishing for a little while. And the unfortunate thing about it, or the fortunate thing, however you want to look at it, is this is probably the only one we're going to get to on this episode because it's ten and a half minutes long. Wow. Yeah. So okay, we'll just push the other ones back. Uh, wait a minute. School club roundup contest this week. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I guess we're a little late on that one. We'll go ahead and get rid of it. Yeah, I I didn't put that one in for Matt because no one was going to hear it in time. Cause it's coming up in fr- on Friday, which is three days away and it's just not going to happen. So it's okay. I fixed it. Yep. Sorry, Matt would have done it if we could have, but we can't. All right. So this piece of feedback came in a little while ago. It was on episode number 88 when we were talking about HSMM and uh, a gentleman called into our voice feedback line, which is one nine Oh nine five, four, seven, seven, four, six, nine. One nine oh nine LHS show, and he had a lot to say about what he does specifically related to HSMM. And I thought this was a really interesting piece of feedback. It does run a little bit over 10 minutes. So everybody, uh, grab a cup of coffee or a little bit of liquor or whatever it is that, uh, is your favorite thing to drink while you settle in and listen to this. 
uh preferably keep away from the liquor if you happen to be in, you know in your car right now uh, no no drink the liquor no 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 we're not advocating yes. drinking and driving if uh, wait a minute if you live in a large metropolitan area like dallas fort worth it's best to have a couple a couple of belts down before you hit the road okay well that's richard talking i'm not saying anything of the sort so all right, everybody settle in, listen to this. It's a, it's a very interesting piece of feedback from a gentleman who, uh, proclaims himself the old Texas, what does he call himself? The old Texas engineer. Uh, doesn't give a call sign or anything, but, uh, here it is. Have a listen. We'll talk about it at the end and, uh, probably wrap this one up. So he drives trains too. Yeah, could be. Never know. Here we go. Hi, uh, this is the old Texas engineer. I, uh, I've been listening to Linux and the Ham Shack for quite a while and uh, was interested by your queries on uh, show 88 where you're talking about HSMM. I've got quite a bit of history with HSMM, uh, some good, some a little bit rough, and uh, I think I can maybe give you some pointers and, and help uh, send you the right direction. Um, <clears throat> first off, let me give you a little history uh, of HSMM as I've seen it. Uh, back in the 90s, it uh, appeared uh, kind of along the, uh, I think it was being sponsored maybe by the ARRL, and I tried a couple of times to get involved in it. I talked to people, and they were basically using a real closed model. Once they figured something out, they didn't want anybody else to know, uh, or at least that's the way it seemed to me. And so I never was able to crack that nut. Well, Fast forward a little bit into the 2000 time frame, and I had become active with the Roadrunner Microwave Group out of Austin. Uh, they were doing a little bit of stuff, but mostly I was working with them and uh, just uh, on microwave-type stuff uh, in the 1.2 and 2.4 gig area. That was kind of my interest, and did a little bit of uh, uh, things back in the AO40 day. So it, it sort of got me involved in microwave in general, and I, I got to where I could better understand the propagation and, and how far you could talk on microwave and what some of the limits were. Then, uh, just a few years ago, the Austin uh, HSMM group popped up with a very functional HSMM patch for um, the Linksys WRT54G type routers and they were successful and had some, some great systems that were plug-and-play, uh, still do, and they've made a couple of talks at the Plano Hamfest uh, Texas State Convention, and uh, all of that is, is really good information. It's a great way to get started. My concern is that they are still, a, their developers are still a little bit too tight-knit for my open-source taste. Um, that certainly nothing wrong. That's just the way that they've chosen to approach things, and good for them. They, the amount of stuff they've done and the ability to do plug-and-play HSMM is, is wonderful. I, I commend them for that. So <clears throat> what it did is it stimulated us, uh, a few of us here in the Houston area, to start experiments. Uh, we're members of the South Texas Balloon Launch Team, and we decided, well, let's take one of these plug-and-play systems and strip it down and fly it uh, to the edge of space and see what happens. So in, I guess, about three years ago on BLT-29, uh, we set up a, uh, a system 
we did some tests during field day that year and then were successful in connecting to and, and serving pages from the balloon out to a distance of about 20 mile altitude. Uh, we've got, uh, I've got some screenshots of uh, what we believe is the first uh, HSMM uh, connection from the edge of space. So that went very well and it caused us to begin looking at how does this, uh, what does that mean and what can we do to improve the connectivity and the range and, and we've been doing uh, some ground type testing. We were fortunate to find uh, a, a site that uh, gets us a, a hundred and something feet in the air and we can access it pretty easy. So using that site we've done some local testing. We set up essentially the same arrangement that we had on the balloon and we were yeah, hitting eight to ten mile range. So what that tells you is that you're losing about half of the line of sight range from ground clutter and I guess technically it's called Fresnel effect. So <clears throat> that means that, that if you're running a, a ground-based system, you're going to have to take whatever your normal range finding calculations are, your path loss, and maybe double it. Um, we played with some of the cheap amps off of eBay, and uh, we found that those, while they do amplify, the, there's a lot of question as to whether they're actually meeting their own specs or ratings. It seems like that's a little low. The current setup that we've got here in the Houston area, uh, we used, uh, I used quarter-inch uh, heliax to connect the antenna to the uh, router and uh, even though it's only like 20 feet of heliax, the loss is just unacceptable at 2.4 gigs. So uh, one thing I would uh, caution everybody is wherever you set up HSMM, be sure that you connect the router directly to the antenna. Set up a weatherproof box and, and don't try and use any feed line at all because uh, in these ranges and, and uh, signal strengths, you're talking about extremely small uh, losses adding up very quickly. On the ground, when we set up what you'd call a typical uh, mobile link with, uh, you know, a, a nice 2.4 gig weatherproof whip on the car and then uh, hook up to um, uh, an Omni on the, the high, high point, uh, in a sort of a repeater setup. We're not getting ranges right now much over a mile, but I think that uh, if we remove some of the feed line losses and we uh, maybe collect enough donations to where we can get a, uh, a high dollar uh, professional amplifier that we know is putting out the right amount of power, uh, we can probably push that out to a few miles. But in general, at 2.4 gig, the frequency loss, the path loss at that frequency is just so high. It's very, very difficult to beat physics. Uh, you know, once again, the laws of physics thwart my great uh, ideas and, and opportunities. I'd love to have uh, a place where I could ignore the laws of physics, kind of like politicians ignore their own laws. But sadly, it only works in politics. It doesn't work in radio. Uh, where we're going for the future, one of the things that uh, we have great hopes on is open mesh. And open mesh, of course, being a Linux-type setup, is fully open. Anybody can work with it. And uh, then what you do is you that actually uses plug-and-play. Also, you can buy open mesh routers for 30 bucks, fully loaded with the software already on it. 
and set up a mesh on the ground that uh, works just nicely. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, if you are playing with mesh routers, uh, OpenWRT or DDWRT, if you take that and then add to it either of the mesh softwares, there's uh, Batman and then subsequently there was Robin. So play with both of those software packages. If you're kind of a Linux person, that'll all come naturally and you can you can hook that together pretty easy. Uh, if you do that, it lets you use non-Linksys routers. Some of the, the really nice, small, high-power jobs are available from Ubiquiti. Uh, they, uh, that Several of the people in the, the Austin HSMM area or Dallas HSMM, I think, have been trying to get the Ubiquiti units working uh, with, and I don't know how the success has been, but they're, they're a sweet unit, uh, very simple, easy to set outside. Uh, what we would like to do is have much more of an open source model where uh, we've got more people contributing, things are kind of building back into an HSMM community, and you don't have this little tight, closed uh, uh, software model, something where we can actually get some Linux software in there and, and perk things up. Now, one warning as you start building these meshes is you run into an issue with the routing table. If you get your mesh big enough, the routing table becomes so big that it's cumbersome for um, uh, your routers and, and connects to, to work. So you kind of have to give some thought to how you plan the, the route. And another thing we'd like to play with and haven't had uh, time yet is on the old Linksys WRT router, there are, there's, you can set with WRT software, you can set one antenna to receive and one antenna to transmit. And then if you put the router in half duplex so that you're not doing both at the same time, uh, there may be a chance to where we can use some more inexpensive uh, preamp and, and amplifiers on the output and keep it separated. But right now we're concerned that there's not enough isolation between those two uh, uh, signal paths. Anyway, just stuff we'd like to play with. If there's anybody in the community that uh, wants to uh, uh, help out with that, uh, go to the uh, South Texas Balloon Launch page. I believe it's at, I'll have to look and, and call you guys back, but I think it's at w5acm.net. So anyway, that, that page will show you the links to get in touch with us. And um, just if you want, if you promise not to broadcast this, I'd appreciate it. But you can contact me personally at. Thanks. Great show. All the ditto type things about uh, keep up the good work and uh, you know don't let the badgers fight. Thanks. Bye. So what'd you think? I, I mean, I'm not sure I can add a whole lot to that because that was a whole lot of information about HSMM and that whole thing about the, uh, the balloon at the edge of space, uh, transmitting HSMM. That sounded like really cool. I think what we need to do is, uh, get this guy on the show. Well, we need to get him or some, or someone else on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, all these things he talked about are important. You start running into losses at those higher frequencies that, uh, feed lines aren't going to cut the mustard. Uh, I've been, I, when I get a chance, I was going to look into possibly waveguides to try and solve some of that issue. 
and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, we need, we, we need to get somebody that knows something about it either. Uh, well, we'll just throw it out there. Uh, what do you call himself? He called, he, he called, called himself, himself El Bubba, El Bubbalino. No, <laughs> the old, old, Texas, uh, old engineer. Texas engineer. He gave me his phone number. So it's not like I can't call him. Oh, so, well call his butt. Yeah. And then I won't have to say nothing here. And if for some reason we strike out there, I'll, uh, I'll get a hold of my district DC and see if he can put me in touch with some of the guys in Plano. But this guy really sounds like he's been involved with it quite a while and knows his stuff. So, uh, yes. And we definitely need to do a show on it because, uh, this is probably going to be, uh, the upcoming thing. Well, one thing I will say is that if you go through that 10 minutes and 37 seconds of his voicemail, and you like do a Google search for everything that he talks about, you will spend the next six days on the internet studying up about HSMM because there is so much information. He talked about the balloon launch. He talked about his, uh, his, uh, site there down in Houston where he does all of this work. He talked about mobile HSMM. He talked about open mesh and a bunch of other stuff that I can't even think of right now. But I know I was Googling everything he talked about, and, uh, you know, that's probably the best way to get any information and follow up on the things that he mentioned. But one thing we will do is uh, get him on the show since he, since he did the bad thing of uh, telling me how to get a hold of him. So I will do that, and we'll get him on, and we'll talk to him about HSMM, and we'll have the folks in the chat room uh, talk to, you know, ask him questions and all that kind of stuff. And we'll probably know everything there is to know about, uh, HSMM, you know, once that show airs. And I haven't done a series of shows since resonant frequency. So if we have to do six or eight shows on this right in a row, then we did, we just go ahead and do it. Yeah, we might as well, because I mean, if there's one thing that integrates computing, open source computing and, uh, amateur radio, you know, it's these new technologies when you're talking about using these cheap, available wireless network units to do mesh networks and associating that with Part 97 stuff, uh, like transmitting on the amateur radio frequencies, there's no better way to literally, uh, and forgive the pun, uh, mesh these technologies together for the future of uh, bo- for both, for both Linux users and for HSMM. Sounds good. And quite honestly, you know, I've looked at some of the other stuff that you need. Yeah, I got routers around here. That ain't no problem. Software you can download. That ain't no problem. But uh, I was looking at one enclosure that is not only an enclosure, it's an antenna. A lot of a lot of the folks out there, radio operators, maybe are like, well, okay, how do you get the signal? Well, you put the router in the enclosure and put it up on the pole, and then you run the, uh, run the uh, cat cable to it with a power cable with a little old 12 volt power cable next to it and run them up the pole and power it up there. You you do whatever you need to do uh, other than switching the thing on and off from your computer inside the house. If you've got it plugged into a cable. So I'm, yeah, we know I've been wanting to try and get a hold of somebody to get them on here and talk about this. Yeah. So apologies to the other, you know, folks we had feedback from and we're going to have to push you back to episode 94. There's, there's no help for it. Once again, we've run too long. It's all Scott's yeah. fault. So, uh, email n8vsi dash, uh, hate mail at lhspodcast.info and, uh, yeah. let Scott know that he talked too long. 
And because of that, you're not able to find out the, about HSMM any further and about any of the feedback we got after that. And he didn't bring us no Klingon hose. Um, he didn't bring you any Klingon hose. I, I'm disassociating myself with any cosplay at this point. Or Ryan Slave Girls. That's right. Or, I, don't, I don't know. I never was into green chicks myself. Ooh. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's about time um, we wrap this one up before we say. get into way more trouble than we're already in. I was going to say, say, Rush, you wrote it down. What was it? I don't know. Well, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Tim, don't worry, because uh, your email uh, outlines Richard's philosophy on, on working on stuff. Well, it ain't working now. It might not work if I do this. But it ain't working now, so what the heck. Anyway, so you want to do anything else or you want to get on down the road? Um, I honestly think we've gone long enough that we need to get on down the road. And honestly, we've got another one of these coming up in two weeks, and we'll address anything we've missed tonight. So what do you say we head on out? All righty then. Well, in that case, my name is Richard KB5JBV. You can contact me at KB5JBV at gmail.com. He's not playing the music yet. KB5JB yes, <laughs> KB5JBV at gmail.com and I may have to say that again because he didn't start to move music on time or you can get a hold of me over at Facebook KB5JBV Richard oh, I was going to say something about Batman too and I didn't do it I can't remember what it was but that's okay because he's got baby problems and life is wonderful over here because we don't so, with that, I'm going to hand it off to Russ and let him give you his information and anything else that may or may not be pertinent. All right, folks, this is Russ, K5TUX. You can email me at K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. Email Richard and I together at info at LHSpodcast.info. And uh, as you've probably already guessed, our website is LHSpodcast.info. I already mentioned the phone number, but I'll say it once again, one 547 7469 Leave us some feedback. We'd be happy to put you on the air. Sign up for the Ambassador Program. Represent Linux and the Ham Shack at some upcoming future uh, ham radio or Linux-related event. We would love to have you. Just get in touch. Become one with the fold. Be a part of Linux and the Ham Shack. That's, that's what we want. Anyway, I'm out there on the social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Google+. You know where to find me. I'm J.R. Woodman and K5TUX over at 73s.org. It's probably about time to shut this one down. So thanks for listening to episode number 93 of Linux in the Ham Shack, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And this has been Russ, K5TUX, broadcasting live from between the beaks in the pine forest of north-central Arkansas. And I'm going to send it back down to the Trinity River Basin, where Richard's going to crawl out of his little cardboard box by the river and give us these final words of wisdom. Actually, I, I really think this time we will just go with insert words of wisdom here. We'll see you all next time.
said, $5 a